Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who started out his career in journalism at the Middlesex News. He spent five years at the Boston Globe after that, where he was the lead high school writer and also covered college sports as well. That led to a 20-year run as a reporter, writer, and editor at Sports Illustrated. As a writer, he covered college football, college basketball. As an editor, he edited college football, college basketball, Major League Baseball, and several special products, including crime in college football, gangs in sports, the 50 most influential minorities in sports, the Great American Sports Atlas, the nation's top high school programs, and more. He's now the man in charge at Baseball America. It's a pleasure to welcome B.J. Schechter to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, B.J. Thanks, Mark. How's it going? It's going good. You know, listen, we, we just spoke to Pete Rose for a half hour, so how, how bad could it be? You know? That's how it was Pete. That was, uh, you know, that must have been a great interview. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. He, you know, it's uh, really, you know, the guy loves talking baseball, so that it just makes it special when you get to, you know, a guy who loves the game as much as he does. It's always good. Um, interesting to note that um, you come from the Boston area. How much of your love of sports and the passion you bring to your work stem from growing up as a sports fan, not only in the Northeast, but also around the Boston area? Oh, it's, it's huge. And, you know, I've never lost the Boston ties. And, you know, when I was working at SI, you know, for 20 years, I was surrounded by Yankees fans and, you know, then, of course, Giants fans when the Giants uh, broke the Patriots' hearts. And, and uh, you kind of never lose it, the passion. And, you know, I grew up in, uh, you know, in the 80s, you know, in Boston, you know, with the, the original Big Three and the, the Celtics and, uh, you know, the Bruins, uh, you know, were, uh, were really good and Ray Bork's heyday, uh, you know, it was, it was a great, great place to grow up, you know, of course, in, you know, 86 and the, the famous, uh, you know, Bill Buckner, um, you know, in Red Sox, uh, series. It's, uh, no, it was, it, it, it's a great, uh, it's a great sports city and the, the passion, passion and knowledge of the sports fans there is, uh, uh, you know, is really second to none. Yeah, it's interesting you mention that because here we kind of have like this New York bias, and it's so funny because today, flipping through the channels, there was the the Dan Aykroyd, Daniel Stern, and uh, one of the Dan- uh, Wayans brothers Celtic Pride movie on, and, and it, it kind and then that got me thinking. You know, they made this movie and also the the Jimmy Fallon Fever pitch that it's it's so much ingrained into our popular culture, the actual fandom of, of people up in the Massachusetts area that. Being so close here in New York, we kind of take it for granted. Um, you know, what does sports mean to that community? I mean, it's everything. And so, you know, a lot of people hate Boston sports fans, you know, nowadays, and I can understand that. And, you know, today's, you know, the, the millennials and the kids that, are, you know, have grown up in Boston, um, they're spoiled. Right. You know, they're <laughs> really spoiled, you know, because, you know, the Sox are making the playoffs, you know, every single year. The Patriots are you know, on a uh, historic run, you know, with, uh, you know, arguably the greatest coach, uh, quarterback, uh, tandem in, in NFL history. Um, and, you know, like it's, it's, it's success breeds success. It breeds success. You know, when I, when I was growing up in Boston, you know, I honestly thought there, there was a good chance I may never see, you know, the, the Red Sox win the World Series. And, and I really, really believe that. 
you know, the, the curse was real, um, you know, especially after the ball goes through Buckner's legs in, you know, 86. And I still remember, uh, oh, I was probably a six or seven year old kid in 1986. And I remember I was crying. You know, it was, you know, even then, and I didn't really understand it. You know, I was so excited that the Red Sox were going to win a World Series. And, you know, even back in 86, you know, it wasn't an 89 year old, uh, year old drought, but it was still a sizable drought. And, um, you know, there was, there was an excitement. So, you know, it's, you know, you go around, uh, you know, you walk around, you know, Newberry Street or Boylston Street or, you know, uh, Boston Common or, you know, Faneuil Hall and, you know, everybody's wearing a Red Sox hat and, um, you know, now, of course, you know, the, the Patriots are in vogue, but it's, it's ingrained and it's in the community. It's, you know, when you, when you walk around the airport or, or in the coffee shop, and of course in New England, it's not Starbucks, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Um, so, you know, it's, it's part of the fabric, which is, which is really, really nice. And I love New York. I mean, New York is the, the best city in the world, in my mind, and I love living in New York, but, you know, it's, there's so much to do, and there's a melting pot of uh, different people. Boston is a provincial city. Um, it's it's a fairly small city, comparatively speaking, to you know New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and San Francisco and some of the other uh, you know major cities. So uh, you know, it's it's really a community. It's a it's a it's a city, a mid-sized city, in a small town. You mentioned the, the, how spoiled these millennials are. I defy any of them to remember you know, or, or know who Randy Vitaha is, but <laughs> that's a, a question for another day. Uh, we mentioned in the open how you started with the Middlesex News, but if my research and my math is correct, you held that job while you were still in high school. So yep. wh- what are some of the challenges you faced as a student covering high school sports back then, and what was the most important lesson you learned from that? Well, you know, it was, you know, I really, you know, it, it you know, I was 15 years old, you know, when, um, you know, I really got my first experience at, at a newspaper. And I grew up in a small town um, near Framingham where the Middlesex News um, is located. Uh, it's, 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 the town is Holliston, which is next to Hopkinton, where the marathon starts. And uh, when I was in high school, I was 15, and, and I, was, uh, I was covering my own high school. And so, it, it, you know, at first it was, you know, oh, you know, this is really, really cool. And, and uh, you know, everybody knew me, you know, as a, as a sophomore, you know, like all the, you know, all the cool kids, the seniors, you know, would see, you know, and uh, that I could get their name in the paper. Um, but, you know, the second, you know, uh, my team lost or my high school lost and, you know, I covered it honestly and, and wrote it, you know, I still remember um, my senior year in high school, uh, I covered uh, our uh, our softball team was in the the state tournament, and uh, the night before we had our senior prom, and I was at the party where all our uh, all the the girls on the softball team were up until five in the morning, and so they were lethargic and sleepwalking through the game, and they lost, and they were heavily favored, and I wrote it, and people weren't very happy, you know, with <laughs> me, and they said, "Well, you can't write that." And I said, "Well, was was it true?" And they said, "Yes." And like, and, you know, it really, um, you know, it really taught me, you know, that, uh, you know, whether you have inside access or not, whether you have to, you know, make the extra call or, you know, however you have to get the information, it's your duty to write it, you know, even if it's not going to make people happy. And growing up in a small town of 13,000, um, there were people that weren't very happy with me when, when I wrote the truth. But, you know, I, I hung on the truth. So it, it really taught me at an early age that, you know, it's journalism can be really powerful, 
um, you're, you can, you know, get some glory by getting your name in the paper, and that was that was all cool, but it's not all glory. You know, it's, the, the bottom line is the truth, and at the end of the day, if you write what's true, even if people don't like it, they'll respect you for it. And, and, you know, so I learned that and was able to earn that at a very young age. It's a big lesson at an early age, for sure. From high school, you move on to Northeastern, which had an amazing five-year program, and uh, it's... Um, you moved from there to one of the oldest and largest daily newspapers in Boston, the Boston Globe. Over the 10 years of doing the show, one of our favorite questions is asking an athlete about their first major league game, and they can always remember it you know, vividly. And this is not to disparage the Middlesex news, but do you remember your first assignment for the Boston Globe? I mean, I do. And, yeah, I mean, that was the big reason. And, and you know, it started, you know, I remember – you know, uh, I was a freshman at Northeastern and started my first co-op, and it was the, the summer after my freshman year. And, um, you know, I said, oh, this is great, and I'm working at the, the Globe. Well, I was answering phones from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m., um, you know, the whole summer long. Like, all my friends were, you know, going to the Cape and, you know, going in the mountains, going to the beaches, you know, whatever. No, I was working there. And, um you know, I remember writing a high at the end of the summer, writing a high school football preview, and and uh, you know, right, you know, going even though I had 500 or so bylines in the middle six news to get that first one in the Globe, um, and at that time, you know, the Globe was one of the best, if not the best, sports sections in the country. Uh, no, it was quite a thrill. If you just tuned in, we're talking to Baseball America's B.J. Schechter, live on WLIE 540 AM Sports Talk New York. From the Globe, you move on to another institution, Sports Illustrated. As a, at SI, you worked as a reporter, writer, and editor. How much of what you learned at Sports Illustrated shapes the way you go about your position now at Baseball America? You know, uh, a lot, but really those skills, you know, those core skills, you know, I learned at the Globe um, because I covered – high school sports. Um, I became the lead high school sports writer at the Globe, and we covered 300 schools in eastern Massachusetts. And, you know, whether it's, you know, picking high school all-star teams, top 20 polls, uh, you know, covering every single sport, taking stats yourself, it's not, you know, you're in a press box or you're on press row and people are handing you stats and court sheets and, uh, you know, all that other stuff. No, you're, 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 you're keeping them yourself. You know, I remember filing... Um, you know, having 15 minutes to write, a, you know, a, a, a football story on a Friday night and freezing cold and try and file it from a phone booth, you know, when there was <laughs> phone booths and, you know, a million screaming kids banging on the door, you know, trying to uh, call for a ride home. And, you know, that's really where, you know, I learned, you know, not only how to report, but, you know, like how to be creative. You know, sometimes you have to track the losing coach down and he's running for the bus and he just wants to get out of there. Well, you need a quote. So you need to, you need to find a way. And I remember sometimes, you know, almost stepping in front of the bus and stopping the bus so I could talk to the coach. So, um, you know, really, you know, and, and SI was great, um, you know, and I built upon those skills. But I was very lucky because I, you know, I learned, you know, I learned how to report. Um, obviously at SI, it's, you know, it's taking it to the next level and the level of detail and being a fact checker, you know, which is a thankless task, but that taught me how to edit. That taught me, um, how to fill holes in, in a story. And it taught me, took, took me from a regular reporter, uh, to be an investigative reporter to, uh, take it a step further. But my core journalistic skills, 
that was on the globe. Interesting. You know, newspapers, magazines, media have changed so much over the years, so much so that colleges have reshaped their departments to meet those needs. You're part of the Professionals in Residence program at Seton Hall with the goal of developing a collaborative and uniquely interdisciplinary sports media program. You will be leading a wide range of groundbreaking cross-disciplinary communication and digital media programs. I have to imagine that you're going to be bringing a lot of those same things to Baseball America. So I guess the first question is, can a magazine exist only in magazine form these days? No, you know, it, it's not. You know, media is changing, and that's why, you know, the the opportunities, you know, after I left, left SI, you know, I was, uh, you know, I took some time to really, you know, figure out uh, what, that, what that next step w- was. And, you know, I had several offers and, and several good offers um, that, Many of which, you know, I was I would be doing very similar things that I did to SI, and and I really wanted to promise myself that, um, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to step out and do something uh, very very different. And so, uh, when the opportunities, you know, for Baseball America and Seton Hall uh, came along pretty close to at the same time, you know, I really tried to, you know, take a look at media as a whole and say, how can I how can I do these things together and think of both of these things at the same time? And, and that's what I've tried to do. Like our latest issue of baseball America, which is, um, you know, it's a state of the game poll where, you know, we ask fans, you know, everything from, you know, what do they think about expansion to, you know, robo umps to, um, netting, uh, you know, every, that was done by the Seton Hall sports poll, which I didn't even know about before I got to see <laughs> the Seton Hall, but, um, you know, and enabled, me to, you know, in the classroom come up uh, with some of these questions along with uh, my staff at VA, um, go to the poll, and it benefits everybody. You know, it's good for the sports poll because they're getting out there on some current issues. they got a cover of uh, Baseball America. It's great for Baseball America, you know, because we have this, this uh, incredible resource, um, you know, that, that we can use. And so, you know, when I look at media today, and it's really, you know, it's really changing by the minute. Um, that, you know, we're not talking about, you know, just print. You know, we're talking about uh, mobile. Uh, we're talking about uh, digital in terms of desktop and mobile and, and tablet a little bit. We're talking about social media. So, uh, you know, I think print can still work, but you need, uh, you need other branches, you know, to really support uh, the print product, and, and that's what we're trying to do at BA. You know, it's so interesting because you know I'm 57 years old, and I remember as a kid, you know, there was sport, just plain sport magazine. There was obviously Sports Illustrated. There was the Sporting News. There was the Hockey News. There was Baseball Digest, Hockey Digest. You know, none of those, are, other than Sports Illustrated, are now available at a newsstand. Um, I know that Baseball America is still going to be uh, available at the newsstands. Um, how, when did it change? Like, for me, I still like the feel of a paper or a magazine. Uh, yes, I have my tablet if I'm on the train. You know, I'll, I'll do my newspaper that way. But there's something special, especially the sporting news, because of the, the way it was oversized. And even going back to the national, when that existed, you know, the daily paper, I guess you could maybe make the, the jump that USA Sports, the weekly, is something like that. But the national was something special. Why do you think so many of them went by the wayside? 
Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, a few things. You know, one, you know, I, I'm the same way, Mark. You know, so I, I like to I like to read uh, a paper. I, I still, you know, I still get the New York Times. You know, I still like to read a newspaper when, you know, I travel to a different city, um, you know, whether it's going back to Boston or, you know, if I'm in, you know, Cleveland or Chicago, I try to buy the local newspaper. And, um, you know, I think, you know, kids today, millennials, like, you know, it's not only they don't read newspapers or magazines, they're not reading. Right. Um, you know, in my classes, like, I, I you know, I've, I learned really quickly. I would I would have readings that I would assign, and, and, you know, we'd have a discussion the next class, and it was clear they didn't read it. So I started making, you know, photocopies and handing it out and taking 20, 25 minutes of class and making them read. And so I think people don't read in general. It's always, you know, you look at, you know, you look at social media, you look at Twitter, you look at Instagram and, and, and certainly Snapchat now. And, you know, it's it's so bite sized. You know, look at people texting and, and even emails that, you know, don't, you know, contain proper grammar. And that's right. how that's how people think these days. And so it's it's so not in depth. And you know, so I think there is a market for it, but um you almost have to bring them in you know, through, uh, you know, through some of the mobile and through some of the social, um, you know, but I do think, um, and, and one of the things that attracted me to Baseball America, you know, you look at, you know, Sports Illustrated, and Sports Illustrated is a general interest. Baseball America is very specific. Right. It's baseball, it's, you know, it's, it's, the, it's not only the game, but it's the future of the game. It's organizations from the prospects, and you look at BA, and you look at, you know, a lot of people, I was at the winter meetings last week, and a lot of people are uh, asking me, well, who's your your competition? And, you know, I, I think about it, and, and there really isn't any. There isn't any. Um, right? There's nobody that covers the game uh, like we do at, at, at BA. And, and so, you know, I think in today's, today's world, today's, uh, you know, uh, lack of attention span and, and, you know, really a mile a minute, uh, type of, uh, you know, type of metabolism where, you know, people are on the go, the more specialized and the more specific you can get um, and the more diverse you can get. So it's print, it's, you know, it's social, it's mobile, and at BA we're launching a new website, um, you know, early next year. And, uh, you know, we have really, really high hopes, you know, for that. And, you know, I think that's going to be a big thing for us. So, um you know that you know media media continues to evolve and change, and you know you can argue we can argue all night if it's for the better or for the worse. But you know you want to stay relevant, you got to keep up with it. Yeah, baseball. Obviously, the publication's motto is baseball news. You can't find anywhere else. And if you're a baseball fan, you already know Baseball America covers baseball as you said at every level, with particular focus up and coming players, high school, college. Japan and all minor leagues, that's an awful lot to cover. So I'm wondering what a normal production cycle meeting, like when you guys meet for the next issue, you know, how do you parse out who's going to cover what? Because that's a tremendous amount of, of information that you're, you're covering. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know every, single, every single day, every single issue, um, you know, we can't cover everything. So, you know, we try to look at the, you know, we try to look at the calendar. Obviously, now, you know, leading up to the, the winter meetings and coming out of the winter meetings, you know, it's, it's very major league focused and, you know, uh, teams are going to want to move players and, and uh, they're going to be dealing prospects and, uh, you know, and so forth and so on. So we're focusing, you know, on that. Um, you know, early into next year, 
Um, you know, it's when the colleges start, you start up followed by the high school, and then everything is uh, building towards the draft. And, and so we have very specific people that specialize in various areas, and, uh, you know, everybody kind of pitches in, but we, we, we can't, you know, cover the entire world, you know, right, uh, you know, right away. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not to say international, too. And, you know, internet, we have a guy that, you know, is an expert uh, on international players and, you know, has really carved out a nice niche there. So, um, you know, we have people that are working um, all the time on all levels, but, we try to, you know, kind of look at the calendar and, and say, all right, you know, here's where there's the most activity and here's where the most interest. And, uh, you know, those are the stories we're going to write. Those are the types of rankings we're going to release specific to that level. You know, in, in talking about those other magazines, it just dawned on me, and this is just a, a gratuitous pitch because I loved it so much. You know, I don't know if you remember the Baseball Digest, the crossword puzzles, because that yeah. – you know, that is something you can't find anywhere in any magazine. So that that might be something you want to do. But we know that Baseball America has undergone new ownership. Um, it's currently published in the form of a biweekly newspaper, five annual reference book titles, the weekly podcast, and the website. Regularly produces lists of the top prospects in the sports, covers aspects of the game from scouting and player development point of view. Uh, as I mentioned, the motto is baseball news you can't find anywhere else. Uh, with the change of ownership this last February, what are some of the things that you really want to see going forward? What's a major change that you'd like to see? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the new ownership group is, uh, you know, has is, is been terrific, uh, you know, headed by, you know, Gary Green and Larry Boutel and Dave Giesland and, you know, Gary and Larry, you know, own, they own three minor league teams. And, and so, like, they not only understand the game, but they love the game. And I think that's really, really important, um, you know, to have in new owners. And, and um, you know, I think they understand, they understand, you know, where media is and, and and so when you think of you know baseball America and you think of where baseball is and you know it really starts you know at the youth level it starts uh, you know in little league we can all remember everybody plays you know little league and then um, you know as uh, as the people get as kids get better they advance and some play travel ball and then they get on you know some elite circuit and you know you go to some of these elite events whether it's you know Perfect Game or Wilson Premier or Baseball Factory or Area Code Games, East Coast Pro. I mean, it's really unbelievable, um, you know, to to what level. But what one thing that, you know, I really want to focus on is, you know, for the love of the game. So we uh, we have a big youth initiative um, that I'm going to be launching early next year, where you know it's it's very celebratory, not exploitative. So we're never going to rank the top fourteen. 13 or 14 year old, you know, players in the country. That's way too early. But there's so many kids now that are playing baseball, um, especially where you know we're having problems, you know, with uh, you know football and concussions and um, and you know the equipment and a lot of uh, people or uh, parents are thinking twice, you know, whether they want want their sons and daughters to you know to play football past flags. So you know, I think we're going to see baseball grow. And so we, I really want to start there. Um, you know, on a celebratory, like, let's love the game and embrace the game. And as we go up, you know, as these kids play travel ball and get on the, um, the elite circuit, we're going to be doing a lot more front-facing types of things where, um, you know, we'll be, you know, at a perfect game event along maybe with a, a sponsor and do kind of these 
event-driven, experiential type of, uh, you know, things where, you know, you can get your picture taken um, and have it printed out, you know, on the cu- in the frame on the cover of Baseball America or, you know, at, you know, some of these events, we can, you know, have a, you know, interactive experience where, you know, we can kind of celebrate some of the history of the game and um, some of these great moments. So, you know, in addition to covering the game, as you mentioned, you know, earlier in the show, that people know Baseball America, and they, but, you know, do they really know it? You know, they know who we are, but do they know what we're about? And so to be, you know, part of the fabric of the game, you know, of this kind of whole subculture um, that, you know, exists. You know, you go to these, you know, I went to the Perfect Game World Championships in, uh, in November in Jupiter, uh, Florida at the at the Marlins and Cardinals Spring Training Complex, and you know there are 88 teams and over 10,000 kids, and you know you see these families from all over the country and, and parts of South America, and it, it's really unbelievable um, the you know the the people that you know that you bring together, and so you know I think we can be uh, a lot more part of that culture, and we really want to connect with people on a deep level. Um, and, you know, to do it, you know, on, on a personal level as well, I think that's uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of that. As someone who coached and managed travel ball for 10 years, I think you definitely have something there because it is a very unique environment going to all the different tournaments around the country. Uh, BJ, thanks so much for your time tonight. We look forward to continuing to use Baseball America as a tool for our show for years to come and look forward to a lot of the changes that you guys are looking to bring to one of the best baseball magazines out there. So we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Our pleasure. B.J. Schechter, editor and publisher of Baseball America.